First of all, hallelujah! It is, it's fourth and 26. McNabb is back. He's looking. He is firing. And it is caught by Freddie Mitchell. And Bazarchik fumbles the football. It's picked up by Herman Like a good boy should Cause it's turkey To eat So good All right, everybody, you heard it from everybody here at Old City Sports Network. We'd like to wish you all a very happy, healthy Thanksgiving full of all your favorite side dishes, which we will get to in a little bit. Want to thank all our sponsors for hanging with us here through the season thus far. And, uh, again, we hope you guys all just have a great Thanksgiving full of football, food, booze, and, most importantly, family. Most Speaking of family, like the, yes, and absolutely a Cowboys loss. Um, speaking of family, got my two co-hosts with me here, Jake Long, Kyle Not-So-Sharp. Boys, how we doing? Good, good. I'm drinking tonight, basketball in the morning, and then eating all day. Eat myself into a coma tomorrow. You heard drinking. Let's go, boys. Got a little Nishamity Creek in there. A little Nishamity Creek in there. Kyle's uh, Kyle's beerless tonight. Hey, over here, we drink water. This is cum. South Park episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys. So we talked about it. Side dishes. This is, of course, a Thanksgiving special edition of Sundays for the Birds, the only podcast that makes every day feel like a Sunday, like a game day. Speaking of game day, tomorrow, if you're a fat fuck like me, it's game day. You got your elastic pants on, no belt. <laughs> No restrictions, and you're ready to throw down side dishes. We are going to discuss for you right now here tonight elite side dishes. Uh, we're going to throw it around the horn here. We'll all give our favorite here, and uh, I'm sure the boys are going to roast me for mine. But, Kyle, we'll start with you because I know that you eat like a five-year-old. Hey, <laughs> I, I take full responsibility for that, and I, I go cranberry sauce. You know, Is that even – Hold on, hold on. So is cranberry sauce even a side, or are we are we considering it a condiment? Because a condiment? sauce is in the name. Hold on, sauce is in the no, name. No, 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 no. A, a cranberry you, sauce? No, no, no. A condiment is something that you put on something as a condiment. But can you eat cranberry sauce by itself? 
I have before. That's, I mean, you could eat mayonnaise by your by itself too, but you'd still be a smacked ass. So I don't know. It, 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 it's a complimentary dish at Thanksgiving. I don't understand how it's up for debate. And it's I'm, not I don't a dish. know. I don't it's know if a, it's a dish though. It's it's, it's a, a topping, dude. If you it's eat, canned if, fruit. Is that is that a fruit? Yes, cranberries are fruit, Kyle. Oh, dude, I'm gonna have to take responsibility for being. Healthy <laughs> He's like, today. damn, it's my first fruit in years. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Cranberry sauce and grapes. That's all I got now. Oh. Jesus Christ. All right, Jake, what's your pick here? What's an elite side dish in the long household? Yeah, I'll go as a five-year-old, too. I mean, it's homemade mac and cheese. It's the best. If I got to go to another one, I'm going mashed potatoes. And, yeah. And, and um, a very, like, I don't know, I guess forgotten um, ingredient is corn. I mean, I think corn just – you mix it in with anything, it tastes like – it gives you that little crunch. You know, I mix it in with my mashed potatoes. I'm mixing with my mac and cheese. It gives you that little crunch. It's I love corn, but mashed potatoes. No I just don't know if there's room on my plate for corn. No, that's why you dump it on top of your mashed potatoes. I, I, I do get top. down with it in the mashed potatoes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, exactly. All right. So before you guys roast me for my favorite, which I know here, is coming. Here comes Karen. I know it's coming. But before you roast me, I will mention that – Yes, mashed potatoes, elite side dish. Cranberry sauce, I don't even know if it's a side dish. It's a side so Jake, dish. Jake, I'll, I'll ride with you. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Now, for, yeah. That oh, that, that, is a, that is a Twitter poll, absolutely. Uh, you can catch out on our Twitter tomorrow at Sunday Birds Pod. I'll tell you that right now. Now, for me, a highly – I don't even know if it's underrated. But for me, what I look forward to at Thanksgiving, second most when it comes to the side dish is stuffing. That's number two for me. Throw out the one that you talked about before. Stuffing, delicious. I make my own homemade. Got the sage sausage in there. Um, the the onions, the celery. Use a Martin's potato bread. It's elite. Phenomenal side dish. I only make it a couple of times a year, so I look forward to it when I do get to have it. Now, for the one you guys are going to roast me for, it's got to be green bean casserole. It's got to be. You get the creaminess of the cream of mushroom soup. You get you get your greens in there a little bit. And then you just come right over the top with some more unhealthiness with those crispy fried onions. Those little French's fried onions. They're 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 awesome. It, green bean casserole, highly underrated, but very much elite. At least in the Campbell household it is. I don't even need to roast you because like it just it's you just roast it, yourself. It's itself. Like the Eat a roast person. at the main casserole and just. Roast Hold on. I roasted myself, but Kyle's picking canned fruit. Yeah, that's, true. that's on brand for me. So that's the, that's the difference. You're eating like an old. I don't even know if that's on brand, dude. I like you're giving me serial killer vibes. Yeah, cranberry right sauce, man. That's not a that's not a kid food. If I if I brought it to my son, he'd be like, "What the fuck is this? It looks like flubber. Like I ain't. I ain't yeah, it is. The red flubber. All right, we well, you know now. Now I gotta ask: Are you getting the? The jellied cranberry sauce, or are you getting the one with that whole berries in it? No, 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 jellied. That's nasty. I mean, they both suck, but I hey, don't know. I've, I've been taking it for lunch at work sometimes just because eating, getting fast food is gets expensive. So I've been starting just taking a can of cranberry sauce once a week. Are you? You're fucking with us right now. <laughs> no, I'm not. Please tell me you're fucking with us. I'm telling you. I don't. It's tough out uh, here. I don't. I don't know where to. 
weirder, weirder by the episode. Yeah. I'm a <laughs> professional host at this point, and I have nowhere to go from here. We go on the next topic, baby. I have no let's, idea where to go from here. Let's give us some football. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. All right, boys. Football time. Let's do a quick little recap here. Jake, roll the video recap from last week. Welcome to Sundays for the Birds Week 11 recap. Eagles at the Colts. First drive did not go well for Birds defense as Taylor breaks off an easy 28-yard run. Wasn't really touched till he was 10 yards downfield. Third and goal from one and a half, and Jonathan Taylor and the Colts plow in for a touchdown of the game. 7-0 Colts. Eagles driving to tie the game, and Hurts can't handle the bad snap by Kelsey, and that will end the drive and lead to a 22-yard field goal by Jake Elliott. And yet again, another field goal right before halftime given up by the Eagles makes the seven-point lead at halftime. Very first play of the second half, Hurts drops back, looks deep, and a strip sack, and the Colts recover the ball. Luckily, the Eagles defense holds strongs and forces the Colts to kick another field goal to take a 10-point lead. Still somehow in the game, when Hurts finds Quez Watkins for a 22-yard touchdown score to cut the deficit to three points. Colts next drive, they bottle Jonathan Taylor up, and Marcus Epps strips the ball, and TJ Edwards recovers. Unfortunately, when the Eagles get the ball, A.J. Brown returns it right back with a fumble of his own. Colts are driving, but on third and goal, Reddick gets a huge sack, leads to a field goal, 16-10, to 10, Colts lead. Crunch time, and Hurts goes deep to Sanders, and they get the 27-yard pass interference call, which will lead to third and goal from the seven. Hurts takes the snap, and the D splits like the Red Sea, trots in the end zone for a touchdown. Jake Elliott will come on and kick the extra point, which gives the Eagles a one-point lead. It's fourth and 21. The Colts do absolutely nothing with it on the next drive. That's the ball game, folks. Eagles 17, Colts 16. An ugly-ass win, but the Philadelphia Eagles are 9-1. Go, Birds! All right, ladies and gentlemen, we just saw the recap there. Your Philadelphia Eagles are, of course, 9-1. and one. Um, Let's go around the horn here. We'll just uh, you know chime off a couple of things that really stood out to us here. Um, I know for me, for one, um, I'm embarrassed at the way that this team has taken care of the football the past two weeks. Turnovers are absolutely a problem at this point, and there's no other way to describe it. Um, in a positive light, though, it is nice to see Miles Sanders getting back out there on that wheel route. That was something you saw from him uh, two seasons ago, where he was pretty deadly on that on that wheel route. I didn't and in know that game. was a wheel route, though. I feel like that was a broken Absolutely. play, yeah. and he's just like, fucking, there's no one behind me. He improvised and went upfield. I don't even think it was a designated wheel route, which would be nice to see by the running backs, but we don't do screens to our running backs, we don't really implement our running backs into the passing game at all, which I feel like is a problem, especially. I agree. With and it's so, really yeah. an extension of the run game, and 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 you see it a lot where, where the screen play can really set something else up. You know, if you make it look like you're setting up a screen, we, we've seen them do this off of the Dallas Goddard screen, right, where you, you set it up, you run it early in the game, later in the game, you get that outside corner, you get that slot corner to bite on it, thinking it's going to hit 
super hard. And then you hit a guy on, you know, say like a 20 yard comeback route or, you know, something, something up the seam where now you have somebody else sneaking up behind wide open. Um, so I, I agree. We got to utilize the, the screen, uh, the screen game a little bit more, build some, some plays off of it. And, uh, and like you said, Jake, get the, get the running backs more incorporated. I mean, you just saw there on that play by Sanders. I, I mean, good things happen when you get running backs involved in the passing game. You saw it year in and year out with Darren Sproles here. And, you know, I think a guy like Kenny Gainwell, I think that's really a role that I could see him in is that kind of receiving back that Darren Sproles, um, you know, poor man's Alvin Kamara type thing where you get him out in the flat and let him make some dangerous moves. Um, so I, we absolutely got to get him a little bit more involved. But I think that was a nice little taste there. And, and I think it was a smart football play by Miles Sanders to uh, draw the flag. Uh, Jake, what stood out to you? Um, defense started out slow, but um, they held him 16 points, which is what you need to do because the Colts are averaging like 15 and a half points, something like that. So you held them to their average. They did their job. Um, the biggest thing that stood out was that Sue and Joseph made an immediate impact on the team. They both had half a sack. They both had um, a tackle for loss. And it just looked – I mean, Fletch Cox only had two tackles which because he's a bum. But it looks like he – it lit a fire under him. It looked like he was at least pushing the guards back into the running back to allow the linebackers to come up and make the play. So it looks like that competition, that leadership has already paid dividends. And I love what um, Sue has already said this week. He hates the Packers. Obviously, he was – a line for the longest time. So he's ready to um, snap Rodgers in half, and we'll talk about that later. But that's one of my big standouts is that stopping Jonathan after the first drive, you know, he, he ran all over us. And then other than that, we shut him down. Um, that forced fumble on him was huge, even though we ended up giving it right back to him. And then Hurts put the game on his back, or uh, I'll say his legs, that I think um, towards the end of the game, he let Hurts be Hurts. He, he said, you know, um, we're trying to make you a pocket passer, but we need you to go make plays and go do it for us. And he went and won a game for us. Hurts, yeah, I mean, the defense won the game, I think, because they kept us close with some of the turnovers we have. Going for on fourth and ten at midfield, which was idiotic. I feel like this was one of Sirianni's worst coach games that he's had but the defense bailed us out time and time again which they should have done against a bad offense and it hurts said okay i am be that cool calm guy that everyone thinks I'm going to be and I'm going to drive you down the field we had a fourth and two I think it was from like the 12 or 10 converted that with hurts and then boom that third and goal split open touchdown Eagles win yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was a great game by Jalen Hurts. Uh, our buddy Robert Wood checking in over on Facebook. says, uh, fly, Eagles, fly. And earlier he was saying, you got it, Jack. Um, I think that's a, uh, I think that's him agreeing with us there. Not sure which one of us. Uh, our old buddy Vinny D, the old one-week wonder. We miss you, buddy. Uh, but you can always so check him out over on Delco Dive and the fan lot. So shout out our boy Vinny D. Uh, if you guys haven't been following him on Twitter, you should check it out. He's got a little mobile studio in the works. Um, we got a little group chat going with all of us here on the network. And the other day, there was a video of him 
uh, cutting some lumber. And uh, I got to tell you, that man in power tools, I, I, I don't think – I don't think that should be allowed. I think Rachel might have to hit him with another two-piece. A uh, little insider there. you got to check out Flyers Alley to put two and two together on that one. Uh, Kyle, what stood out to you, my man? So I, I think, you know, as Jake said, the run defense was phenomenal outside of that opening drive for as much criticism as they've drawn from uh, people on this podcast. They, they played great, and the fact that they held him in check, especially when the Colts got out to a lead, is a, a large part in why the Eagles were able to come back. Um, and then just, just touching on Jalen Hurts, I think he played fine. But something I'm starting to notice is, is his football IQ seems to be just not what some people rave about it to be. The snap where Kelsey over snapped it over his head, he clearly could have just chucked that out of the back of the end zone and instead he chose to go down. I'm not sure why. If you throw it out of the back of the end zone, you have a shot to go for on fourth down. And then again, near the end of the game, I, I don't know why you snapped the ball right before two minutes. You know, you're clearly making it the last drive of the game, and you essentially gave them a free timeout. And if it wasn't for Brandon Graham's sack on the final uh, drive of the game on third and nine, it looked like the Colts were driving and they were in a position to go get get the go ahead field goal. So that's a that's a little clock management thing. That's not all on Hurst. That's on the coaching staff too. They have to know like you, you shouldn't. Snap yeah, the two minute there. warning one is absolutely on the coaching staff. Yeah, I hate that because and then um, take it back to the third quarter. You're down ten, and you let the clock run out. It's like, no, you need to run as many places as possible. Yeah, when you're down 10, yep. When you're down 10. And it's not like they were hurrying up and they had five seconds to snap the ball. He had like 12, 15 seconds to call a play, run it, and run another play before the fourth quarter started. And that made me mad. And then when they snapped the ball before two-minute warning, I'm like, what are you doing? Let it go yeah. to two-minute warning, and then you run your play afterwards. It, it made no sense. And that's why it goes back to me saying – Sirianni, I think, had the worst game possibly of, of his coaching career. No, I, I agree it's on the coaching staff, but to, if you're the quarterback, you got to have better awareness than that. And it's it's just been a couple of times throughout the year I've noticed it. I, th- I think that's an area that he needs to grow on. So that's just something to uh, keep an eye on. And right. I, I was ready to tell you guys. Before you go any further, real quick, um, Jake, you mentioned it's it's one of Sirianni's worst coach, uh, coach games of his career. Um, do you think coming back to Indianapolis plays into that at all? Yeah, I think he was trying to be two uh, big balls like Frank Reich. I mean, you've seen his emotional side after the win. This shit was for Frank Reich. I felt like he wanted to hand it to him easily, and it didn't come that way. And I feel right. like a lot of it was his coaching flaws that were on full display. So he'll learn. I love his passion. Sometimes you got to bottle it in and not let it affect your play calling. And I feel like it kind of affected his play calling um, this past Sunday. Absolutely. I got one other thing I wanted to touch on, and then we'll go back to you, Kyle. You mentioned Hertz's football IQ there. Um, the two minute warning, like I said, I, I think I put that more on the coaching staff. Um, but I did notice some chinks in the armor as well. And I mean, you guys know there's no bigger Hertz guy in the Delaware Valley than this guy right here. But. There, there was a couple of plays where you saw in the RPO, you know, he, he went to the running back. I now I don't know if it's a coaching point. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a coaching point where they want, where they want him handing the ball off a little bit more, or what. But there were several occasions where he should have pulled that back out of Sanders' belly, and either run with it or look for the look for the short pass, look for the dump out, and it seemed like they were trying to force it 
trying to force the run on some of those RPOs, and it was just bad decision making. I don't know if they need to simplify the offense a little bit and and maybe run a little bit less RPOs. Oh, bouncing off of that, I feel like like a third and two or um whatever it was when they ran Kenny Gainwell up the middle, and he looked like he just stood there, took the ball. It's like just run a running play. Not everything has to be an option because it takes away from the linemen being able to fire out because the linemen have to – Pretend they're pass blocking and then fire out because if they don't, that's when you get your legal men downfield. Just and call that with Jason Kelsey. Just call Although I do feel that was bullshit because he he slipped off of that block and that's what yeah, sent him five yards downfield. But I mean, it's letter of the law. He was downfield, and that's what's going to happen when you're you're playing with the ball in the backfield and right. when you're going for it on short yardage, your lineman can't fire out because they don't know if you're going to pull it and throw it. Or if you're going to hand it off. So they can't fire. You, it's a yard. That's all it is. People think it's like a, like the legal contact window where it's five yards for a legal man. No, it's a yard. They'll give you a yard and a half, give you a little bit. So just call a run play where everyone knows it's a run and you fire out. I agree. And, and we've seen it early on this season to this point. It seems like they're reluctant to run the ball early. You know, they want to get that lead via the pass and then they just kind of forget about the run. Um you saw it against you saw it against Washington. Sanders touched the ball one time in the first half. And by the way, it was pretty successful if I remember right. It was uh, I don't know, 20 yard run down to first and goal territory. That sounds pretty fucking good to me. Um but they're very reluctant to run the ball early in the game and and I just don't get it. You know, it's it's almost like they're trying to prove to everybody how smart they are and that they can scheme receivers open and, and i just don't like th there's there's smart football and there's proving to people that you're smart and then there's trying too hard to prove you're smart and running into a brick wall fucking head first uh but kyle we did stop you in the middle of your uh of your take so please go ahead no no it's all good and kind of picking backing off what you said you know and establishing the run a little bit last year when they started having success they were so run heavy and I, I feel like they're almost trying to force it into Hertz being the guy making the plays and him being the focal point of the offense. And, and he's a special player, and that's all going to come with just the flow of the game. I think they do need to, you know, go back to the fundamentals a little bit, establish the run game earlier, let it open up the play action, and make, you know, you know Hertz be able to make plays off the run game. I think, I think they've kind of gotten away from that the last couple of weeks, and they've really tried to force it too much to Hertz. So that, that's something that I think they need to improve on. No, I agree 100. percent I, I think you gotta you gotta remember what got you there, what you've built success off of the past two seasons. And ironically enough, Shane Sykin's the play caller now. And when you saw the Eagles flip the switch last year, it was when Shane Sykin began calling the plays. Nick Sirianni gave up play calling right about the time that we started running the ball down people's throats last year, and it worked. And to, to this point, you really haven't seen them run the ball down anybody's throat with the same play caller that they had last year. And, you know, that kind of begs the question, is Sirianni, you know, whispering in uh, in Steichen's ear, hey, we, we need to throw the ball a little bit more. You know, we got these weapons. We got to prove to everybody that we're a passing offense and blah, 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 blah. But you know what? There's smart football out there. There's smart football, and these guys know how to play it. Ball control, run the ball down people's throat. And I'm not telling you you need to be, 
as run heavy as you were the second half of last season. But you do have to run the ball. You do have to establish the run early and keep teams honest. Make them load the box against you and then, you know, hit somebody deep down the seam. It's it's really easy to do. Especially with Goddard, your, you know, your second best pass catcher out there. You know, a lot of the backups are more run blockers, you know, so it would help. I'd, I'd really like to see Miles Sanders get closer to that 20 uh, touch mark on the ground. Yeah, you almost wonder if they're kind of holding them back a little bit because they're hoping to get them cheap on a second contract. But I he's having a, he's having a good year. Sirianni is too much of a competitor. There's no shot that he's letting them control Sanders. If you give him a shot to win um, over a contract, there's no shot. I, well, I don't. Why do it. they continue to play Kenny Gainwell? Like, at what point do we just let? I mean, Gainwell's not getting that many touches either. It's just they're throwing the ball. Yeah, and no, I agree. Is, I just, is they're not even like scheming AJ Brown open. Like the first half, AJ Brown was good, and then again the second half he disappeared. Besides when he fumbled the ball, it might yeah, be one of his only catches in the second half. And that's two fumbles. Like a, that's two weeks with a fumble in a row for him. I, I don't like that. And that play was ugly. It looked like he was scared to go across the middle. Yep. You start backpedaling. That's when I know you're scared. You get folded like a lawn chair. Look like Ricky Williams out there for who, for what. I I didn't like that at all. I was fucking flipping on a TV when he fumbled that ball. I thought that was the game. We just got a huge turnover. They get it right back. I'm like, fuck, here we go. Yeah, and and that's kind of what I was alluding to early on in the segment, right? I mean, it's just – it's way too much, you know, willy-nilly not taking care of the football. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the ball is the game, right? Yep. You got to take care of the football. You can't just have these careless turnovers, and and, and to ha- to have that strip sack in the in the first play of the second half was like talk about your all time momentum killers. Like and you had play. very little momentum going into the half, and then coming out, you're gonna you're gonna fumble the ball on the first goddamn play. I watched that over and over again, and I was all on hurts. He had to release that ball earlier as soon as Watkins was making that break, like the touchdown throw. As soon as Watkins made that break, boom, right on the money. That deep throw, he was waiting until Watkins was open. You got to see he's open as soon as he makes that break. And yep. it's a, And that comes down to trusting your receivers. Yeah. And knowing that they're going to get open coming out of their breaks. Yeah. You know, counting on them to win. No different than throwing those 50-50 balls to Miles Sanders. You have to count on these guys to win. Their matchups. You have to believe in them. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right, you guys know this. No, no disrespect to the Eagles, but I, I think this was less about them making a comeback and being resilient, and more about the Colts just choking the game away. I mean, the Eagles stayed in there; they fought. All due respect to them, but the Colts just didn't have it in them in the end. Like they, they had so many opportunities to win that game, and they just continually folded. Yeah, it was, it was certainly way closer than it should have been. Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest takeaway of the game. I mean, people forget about that missed field goal that the Colts had. Yeah, they make that field goal, game's over. Yes, boom, done. No shot. We gotta go onside kick everything. So, um, special teams finally turns out in our favor. Yeah, so our special teams is ass. About goddamn time. Damn, I've been ripping the goddamn special teams all fucking season, and honestly, I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it. Because they still have, they still haven't impressed me. No, they're they're god awful. 
Real quick, before we move on from the Colts game, I, I, I just want to say something here. While I agree with you, Kyle, that Hurts definitely showed uh, a little bit of a lack of football IQ at parts of the game, um, like Jake mentioned, at, later in the game, my boy put the team on his fucking back and said, you know what, the offense is stalling. I got these fucking legs. I'm going to use them, and I'm going to will my team to victory. He did not let them lose that fucking game. And I busted out this shirt specifically for that game. I just had my wife bring it down for me. You boys seen it. I just need to let everybody know. (laughs) Jalen fucking hurts. Bitch, I'm an eagle. Sir. Worth every penny that I spent outside of the link last Monday night. Just for that moment right there. Which leads me into our next segment. But before we go there, I do want to shout out our new friends over at Canadips. That's right. Your boys here at Sundays for the Birds now officially affiliated with Canadips. Um, if you're looking to get off of chewing tobacco or you just want a nice little head buzz, Canadips is great for you. Make sure you check out their link here in the description of this episode. Let them know Sundays for the Birds sent you. Use that promo code. Get yourself a nice discount. Get yourself a nice head buds going with our friends over at Canadips. This leads me into our next segment, boys. That is Dog of the Week. All right, boys, Dog of the Week brought to you by our friends at Neshaminy Creek Brewing Company. You saw me earlier sipping on a nice Katu D2 IPA. Uh, If you like a nice smoky beer, check out Croydon is Burning or Falconry Club. Both oak smoked lagers, both phenomenal. And our friends over at Sterling Pig Brewing Company just poured myself a nice dark lager here from our friends at Sterling Pig. And uh, I'll tell you what, that is certainly a dark lager. Cheers, boys. God, that's phenomenal. That is fucking awesome. All right, boys, dog of the week. Let's throw it around here. Everybody throw out your nominee. I'm going to start it off here. You already know where I'm going. I brought the shirt down for a reason. (laughs) Seven weeks. I don't need to say anything else. I already told you everything I need to tell you. That man would not let that football team lose that football game. Jake, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, I mean, although he willed him to a win, he also only scored 17 points against um, with some decent field position or like that. I'm going to give it to two new guys, two dogs a week, Sue and Joseph. Both can um, bind for a sack. They both had a half sack. Both had a tackle for a loss. I feel like they set the tone in that game. They, I mean, the first drive looked bad. Then those guys just started blowing up the middle, getting the linebackers involved, and they, I think, motivated everybody else on the defensive line 
to play as hard against the run as they were against the run. So I'm going Sue and Joseph as my dogs of the week. Solid picks, absolutely. Um, I, I can't disagree. You saw a noticeable difference in the run defense outside of that opening drive by the Colts. Kyle, I'll throw it over to you, dog of the week, who you got. Who is your nominee? Uh, so it's it's pretty clearly got to be Brandon Graham for me. He, he had the game ceiling play, uh, the sack going around the – was it the left tackle? It's – you know, some teams, they don't, they don't have uh, – you know, sh- trouble picking up bigger plays. The Colts just don't have anything in the playbook for fourth and 21. You saw Ryan, he was desperate back there. He checked it down. You know, if, if he doesn't get around the edge and get to Ryan right there, you know, you're looking at a much more manageable fourth and nine, or maybe they pick up a few yards and, and that, that's probably the game right there. So that's the big time play for me. So I'm going to give it to Brandon Graham. Like that. Shout out Milt Williams too. Absolutely. Um, a sack and two tackles for a loss, which you get your attack for a loss against the Colts, which is a run-heavy team. You're doing something right. And the, the, I was watching the, the game at the bar, and uh, yeah, I'm starting to notice people that aren't diehards like us don't know Milton Williams. Um, I love him. A couple of old guys sitting over in the corner of the bar. They said, who the fuck is Milton Williams? And without missing a beat, I slammed the shot at Tequila, and I said, that's a name you need to get to know. Yep. So step up. He's he's a good player, and I think as you start to see the old guard guys like Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave um, fade away and wither away into the into the wind, so to speak. Um, I think you start to see guys like Milton Williams really come into their own and uh, and really establish themselves as a part of this Eagles defense. I'm not saying he's going to be a Pro Bowler or anything like that, but I think he is going to be a piece in this defense for years to come. And he's a solid draft pick. Yep, I love it. And uh, Kyle, by the way, Brandon Graham was going to be my honorable mention. So a uh, solid pick by you there. Um, guys, we got three We got three different picks here. We got a three-way tie. Um, where are we going with it? I mean, you already know where my vote is. I'll go with BG. I mean, just making big plays when they need to be made. I can't go with Hurts. I mean, 17 points for the offense. I can't do it. Can't go that way. Will his team team to victory. Without a defense, there's no shot at victory. I agree. And the defense did much better. And BG ended again. Another game we needed, Super Bowl. BG pretty much ended it. He ended it this Sunday, too. All right. I did say that BG was going to be my honorable mention, so – I think that's a good way to go. We continue to see Brandon Graham um, show up and show out in the biggest moments, and the and he definitely has that clutch gene. Um, you know, obviously, we all know the strip sack in the Super Bowl and all of that. So, Brandon Graham, your dog of the week. Once again, shout out Sterling Pig and the Chamonix Creek Brewing Company. This dark lager, like uh, Lake Cochon Noir from Sterling Pig is fucking phenomenal. You know, when you see a beer this dark, normally you're thinking, hey, it's going to be super heavy, um, you know, probably really bitter. It's not. It is a good, smooth sipping beer. So I highly recommend it, just like I do all the other fine beverages from Sterling Pig and the Chamonix Creek Brewing Company. Shout out to those guys. Thank you for your support as always. All right, guys. 
You ready to start previewing the Packers game? Let's go. Um, hold on. Let me get ready. Let me get ready first. Oh, I love this. I love this. No, I'm ready. No, I'm ready. There we go. Let me take my hat off. All right, a little wardrobe change. There we go. There we go. Real cheese head here. Yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. That's a cheesesteak head right there. Hell yeah. Fucking right. All right, guys. So let's let's start it off right here. You know, I always like to know what what your thoughts are on key matchups. Uh, maybe one. Maybe let's all give one area we feel really good about where we feel we have the upper hand, and uh, and we'll give another one where we feel, um, you know, maybe there might be a slight disadvantage, something you're a little bit worried about. Um, Kyle, I'll start with you. So I've brought him up before on the pod, and I'm going to continue to bring him up this week. Uh, Josiah Scott, he continually just gets burnt. I mean, Jacksonville didn't really take advantage of it. Um, and he didn't really take advantage of it, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, despite having a down year, he seems like a guy that won't uh, be able to not take advantage of that matchup. And Christian Watson's been catching fire, so you know, the last couple of weeks they still got Alan Lazard. And that's they can that find worries. a way to get him matched up in the slot. That's certainly one to worry yeah, about. That, that's something that worries me. Uh, you know, Josiah Scott at some point he's got to, you know, either make a play or maybe move him to the bench and get Zach McPherson in there and let him get a run at it. Yeah, you can definitely see it. His team is certainly missing Avante Maddox. Um, what's what's a matchup you feel favorable? Uh, matchup I feel favorable about. That's a good one. I mean, I'm gonna go to the offensive line. You know, they lost to Darius Smith in free agency, and uh, that's been really been the biggest part of their struggles. I feel like on on defense, you know, their secondary is still really good. Linebackers, you know, they've struggled a little bit this year, but for the most part, they're really solid. The biggest problem is that they can't uh, get to the quarterback in time. So those guys have to cover for an exuberant amount of time, and that leads to breakdowns, obviously. So if the offensive line uh, holds up well, then Jalen Hurts have all the time uh, in the world to make some plays for us. Absolutely. I uh, I like that. I like that pick. Jake, throw it over to you. What's uh, What's one advantage, one disadvantage for you? The advantage is that they have Aaron Rodgers. Rogan Thumb or not, I mean, he's still yeah. the, the prettiest throwers of a football you'll ever see. I mean, you see the ball leave his hand at angles that you never think you would see thrown, and they're just fucking beautiful throws, and it looks so simple to him. But he doesn't have the receivers that, that he once had, and the coach I don't think is that well either. They got some pretty good running backs they don't give the ball enough to which hopefully they, they continue that and they just leave it in Rogers' hands. And broken thumb's a broken thumb, no matter if it's on your throwing hand or not. That bad boy is going to hurt when you get sacked and you're trying to, you know, hold yourself up. That thumb's going it, going into the dirt. So when you get pressure on Rogers, I think we'll be good. But that's the only thing that scares me is Rogers is Rogers. He, he, could, he could steal a game from anyone. He's one of the best throwers I've ever watched play football. He might choke a lot, but regular season games and, and things like that, it, I hate to say it, but it's just beautiful to watch how quick his release is and how on point his balls are. So if we're playing zone, which we have been, we're going to get picked apart because that motherfucker is going to take the snap and throw it right away. He don't care if he's getting four yards, five yards, three yards, seven, eight, nine, ten. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to get it out of his hands. He's not going to get hit. 
and he's going to let his receivers try to make a first down. So I, I feel like we got to play some bump and run. But um, what I think we have the advantage in is their defense, Kyle mentioned it, their defense line isn't that good. Their um, rush defense is piss poor. Secondary is still really good. So I feel like this is the game where we need to not try to outsmart everyone and say, oh, their run defense is bad, so they think we're going to run the ball, we're going to throw the ball. No. Go at them, line up on their center a couple times and fucking punch them in the mouth. And then line up in shotgun, give Hurts the option to keep it or go, or uh, hand it off, and just start establishing the run. And you can easy, keep Rodgers off the field. Keep one of the best quarterbacks off the field and run the ball. And I, feel like, I mean, they give up 140 yards rushing a game. We average 140 yards rushing a game. So, I mean, it's simple. Dude, attack their weakness. That's their weakness. Go at it. Yeah, Sean, Sean, before you go real quick, you know, kind of, again, piggybacking off what uh, what Jake said, one of the most disappointing players in all of football this year has been Kenny Clark, the nose tackle for the Packers. You know, I mean, everybody talks about football and who's been let down, mostly due to fantasy, but Kenny Clark's a guy who's, you know, he's a 3-4 nose, you know, he's supposed to stop the run, set the tone for the defense and all that, and he's just played piss poor all year. And these primetime announcers continue to pump him up. I, I agree, Kyle. He's been a major disappointment for that Packers defense. Um, so, so for me, real quick, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it off. I'm gonna I'm gonna be pessimistic here, and I, I'm gonna tell you what I'm scared of. Um, and it kind of piggybacks a little bit into what Jake was saying about Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but you've seen this team, particularly last week, but the past two weeks total really seem to struggle with playing by the rules. We're seeing a lot of penalties. And if there's one thing that Aaron Rodgers is great at and one thing that he coaches all of his offensive teammates up to do, it's to take advantage of those free plays. And if you're a penalty-prone team, you're sure to jump off sides. He's going to get you, and he will go and win on a lot of those free plays. If not, he'll certainly tire you out because we've all seen it time and time again, season in and season out. His guys on those free plays, they're not running a curl route. They're not running a five-yard slant. Go. They're going for the dagger. A free play is a free play. They're going deep. If he wins on those free plays, it's going to be a tough night for the Philadelphia Eagles. One area I feel we have the advantage kind of ties into what you were saying there, Kyle, and and also you, Jake. I, I feel that we have the advantage in the run game. We have one of the best run-blocking offensive lines in the league. Dare I say the best run-blocking offensive line in the league. You have maulers clear across that offensive line, guys that can just straight up fucking move people around. When you let them fully run-block, not yes. RPO bullshit that we talked about earlier. And we see it all the time with Jason Kelsey getting out into the second level. How many centers do you see actually get out there and lay a block on a safety? There's nobody that does that other than Jason Kelsey. Pulling center. You have Jordan Mailata, who is damn near an immovable object and can just throw people around because he's absolutely fucking massive. There's no reason why this team can't take advantage of of what's been a piss-poor run defense by the Packers to this point this season and run the ball down their throats. It's going to be cold in Philly on Sunday. 
Jake, I'm sure you can attest to that. I'm sure you already got your long johns laid out. It's supposed to rain all morning, too. No nope. morning, it, afternoon. Shitty field conditions. It's going to be a ball control football game. And as you alluded to earlier, Jake, keep the ball out of Rodgers' hands. You don't want to try and win this in a shootout. This is a ball control football game. You need to trust your defense. You need to trust your offensive line, and you need to trust your running backs. 100%. Absolutely. Um, so real quick, anything else you guys are really interested to see um, out of this game here, Eagles-Packers? Just look for a guy in the Eagles cheese had to beat the shit out of two Packers fans. I like it. To me beating up my two buddies. There you go. I guess the only other thing would probably just uh, look for the Packers, you know, injuries. You know, they got a lot of guys uh, questionable, banged up on the offensive mm -hmm. side of the ball. David Bakhtiari, I mean, he's one of the best tackles in the game when he plays. He's played, I think, three games in the last five years or something just absolutely egregious like that. And then, I mean, Aaron Jones, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dubs, Lazard. I mean, they, they got a bunch of banged up guys, so it'll be curious to see who's uh, available for them to play in the game. That's just something to keep an eye on leading up to the game. I uh, mentioned Aaron Jones there. That That's one thing that if he plays, I, I am a little bit concerned. You saw improvement out of the run defense last week. Um, we've been getting gashed up the middle for the most part um, on, on the run game. And, you know, obviously you add 600 pounds of beef into the middle of that defensive line. It tends to deter people a little bit. But let's not act like our ends haven't been – struggling with stopping the run also and Aaron Jones you see him time and time again if his tackles can set that edge he's gone and he's getting effective yards so I'm look I really need our our ends and our linebackers to step up on stopping those outside runs I have full confidence in the D tackles and these newly acquired guys to uh, to swallow up some blockers and make some one-arm tackles and and stop the run and and do what they got to do. But, again, let's not act like these guys on the outside haven't been struggling. So I'm looking for them to step up as well. And if the Packers are smart, you'll see them try and take advantage of that matchup also and try and get Aaron Jones out in space on the edge. That includes the screen game also. Yep. That's where the linebackers come to play. Just came in on the running back. That's your guy. Watch him and follow him. Uh, I did have one other one for you guys also. Um, I'm expecting a big bounce back game from Darius Slay here. Um, you know, he's kind of struggled the past two weeks. Not as much last week as he did in the Washington game, but he certainly struggled um, here in the middle part of the season. Uh, I'm looking for a big bounce back from him. I'm, I'm hoping to see him get another uh, get another pick here on the season. Um yeah, you, know, you look at this Packers offense me. and and kind of piggybacking off of what Kyle had to say. Um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of banged up guys there on the offensive side of the ball, and you know if Lazard can't go, and you know Randall Cobb is a shell of what he used to be, and he's kind of banged up also. Um, you're really left with Watson as as your only true threat, and you know if if I'm being honest here, I I feel pretty damn good about there uh, about Darius Slay in that situation. And um, for what it's worth, I will continue to call him Darius Slay until I get a big play again. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like a lot of that scheme, we're sitting on back. This is a game where I we talk about right, you can't play zone. Rodgers will pick you apart. Play man, force him to scramble, force him to panic, get some pressure on him, 
and your corner should be able to keep up with the receivers that they have. If they I, also, I also think Watson's a guy that that Slay can easily bait also, right? Yeah. I, he's I, I think he can sell a guy on a route and then jump it easily. Yep. At least a guy this young still kind of trying to come into his own and cut his teeth in the league. So and Watson's really not like a speedster. Guy. He's not like a speedster either. He's more a route guy. Um, oh, go wow. up and get it over you. So you, you got to just lock them up man-to-man. You can lock all your receivers up man-to-man with the two corners that you have on the outside. And uh, if you feel bad about Josiah Scott in the slot, slide linebacker over or safety over to, to, to help him out. I feel like our two corners should be able to take those two outside guys out and move his safety down low to help the um, young slot corner and Josiah Scott. Absolutely, but Christian Watson's a is a burner, dude. He's got he's got really he's good got speed. he does have game speed. You know he he's a raw prospect. His routes aren't great. I mean, the, what they draft him for is he's big bodied. He ran a sub four three five. I mean, he's he's a raw prospect. Lazard's not really a burner. He's more of a route runner. But Slay should again. He should have no problem bottling up Christian Watson. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we don't have a gambling segment for you guys tonight. No, not so sharp picks of the week. But I'd be remiss if I didn't thank our same phenomenal sponsors that bring that segment to you every week. That, of course, is Row One. Make sure you check out the link in the description of this episode for Row One. Uh, I believe you get 15% off all artwork from our friends at Row One. If you're looking for some great additions to the man cave, check out Row One. Also, Norse Beards for all your beard care needs. You want to look like the mayor of John Street. You want to look like Jake Long. You want to look like the Norse gods. Hell, Christmas is right around the corner for you older gentlemen. You want to look like fucking Santa Claus. Check out our friends at Norse Beards. Use that promo code OCS. Get you 25% off all your beard care needs from our friends at Norse Beards. That's Norse, N-O-R-S-E, beards.com. Com. Also, our friends at Righteous Felon Beef Jerky use our promo code OCSN as an Old City Sports Network for 15% off all your craft jerky. Makes a great stocking stuffer, makes a great mouth stuffer, phenomenal snack, dare I say an elite snack. We talked elite side dishes at Thanksgiving earlier. This is an absolute elite snack, protein-packed Ready to rock. That is Righteous Felon Beef Jerky. That's RighteousFelon.com. Promo code OCSN. 15% off all your craft jerky needs. I highly recommend the Bourbon Franklin Beef Jerky. Also, our friends at Fanatics. Make sure you check out our friends at Fanatics. For everything official holiday season right around the corner, why not save yourself some money with our link down in the description? Fanatics. Go there for absolutely everything official. That is Fanatics, F-A-N-A-T-I-C-S, Fanatics.com for everything official. Use that link. Let them know Old City Sports Network and Sundays for the Birds sent you as you find that perfect gift for the sports fan in your life. Boys, it's time for the vaunted segment. Kyle's favorite. Final thoughts. Kyle, let you lead it off. Final thoughts. Uh, just, you know, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. You know, enjoy enjoy your meal, uh, eating turkey, enjoy your time with the family. I know my sister, she's, uh, you know, home for the holidays for the week. So shout out to Archie. Yeah, shout her out. Yeah, you know it. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it should, it should be good. Just spend time, you know, watch football and just, you know, have some fun. Absolutely. 
Jake, final thoughts for you? Everyone, just enjoy the three Fs tomorrow. Family, food, and football. Oh, that's good. No better time than Thanksgiving to just pig out. Don't worry about diet. Don't worry about macros, calories, anything like that. Mix in a little alcohol with it. Get yourself in a food coma. Sit your ass on the couch. With, you know, surrounded by loved ones. It, it could be friends, family, whoever. If you have someone, enjoy it. Enjoy the football tomorrow. Enjoy the food even more. And just have a happy Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Um, you heard Jake. It's all about the family tomorrow. Um, he mentioned food and football. Um, you cannot forget to mention booze. You know, he's talking about the three F's. I'm talking to two B's. That could beers. be F's. fucked up. Four F's. I, I'm talking to two. I'm uh, talking no, to two B's. Beer and booze. You know, let's make it. Let's make it the three B's: beer, booze, and butterball. You stuff go. yourself with some turkey. Butter stuff beer. yourself with some whiskey, and wash it all down with an ice cold beer. Um, final thoughts are brought to you tonight by our friends at Lugaroo. That's Lugaroo.co for all your custom clothing needs. Make sure you let them know Sundays for the birds and Old City Sports Network sent you. And, oh, my God. Get this Packers fan the fuck out of here. That's one of the kids going to be beating up um, in the stands. So That's one way to get on ESPN, brother. Yep. Going viral. And yeah, sure baby. Eagles fans uh, and Eagles cheesehead beats the shit out of two cheesehead Packer fans. World star. Yep. <laughs> All right, boys. I got to get upstairs, help the wife start getting everything ready for Thanksgiving tomorrow. We can't appreciate everybody for rocking with us here live, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube live, and everybody over on the audio side enough. Don't forget to be a friend. Tell a friend where you get the best. Sports talk in the city. That, of course, is right here on Old City Sports Network. And if you're looking for Eagles specific, there's nowhere else other than right here. Sundays for the birds. Don't forget, be a friend. Tell a friend. Let them know. Let's grow this thing. You guys are in on the ground floor. Let's grow this thing. Blow it up. Make it huge. Let everybody know. Best Eagles talk in the city right here. Sundays for the birds on the Old City Sports Network. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We'll see you right back here next Thursday. Go, birds! Big